This is the intro, this is the intro, this is the intro to the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza! Uh, Alright, you ready to Christ. go? You got all your uh, snacks, whatever? Uh, how have you know there's no food in this house? Oh, how are you going to survive? I know you, I know how you get uh, I mean, I'm going to get hungry and I'll just deal with it. You should be happy because that means I won't be chewing on stuff uh, throughout the show. I'd be happier if you were going to be full and uh, alert. I'm about as alert as I can get right now. I just got home from work, man. I'm tired. It's been a long day. It's been a long week. It's been a long month. I don't know, man. I can't relate. I had Monday off and then today they canceled cases halfway through my day, man. Let's say. Well, you know, I've been moving, and I've had school stuff to do. Been exhausting, putting together a Dungeons and Dragons game. Woohoo! Meredith keeps yelling at me. No, uh, there are cracks beneath it. So I guess this apartment used to have carpet. Uh, so the cracks beneath the door are pretty noticeable. They're pretty big. Yeah. So the cats can like look at me and like stick their paw very easily under the door. Like, bitch, I can see you. Let me in. They they really couldn't. That first night here was rough. We did not get a lot of sleep because they were freaking out. And they would yell and just look at us. Like, I can see you. Let me in. Oh, man. Jesus. I'm just laying on the bed now. There are no covers. They're being washed. You know how that is. Yeah, man. Okay, Why are you ready? Are you ready to do this? Your boring ass conversation. Are you ready to record I'm, this episode? I'm updating you on life. Jesus, you don't want to know what's going on with me? No, I don't want to know about your laundry, bro. I what's, what? This laundry stuff is, is happening. Oh, what do you want to get into then? What do you want to talk about? First off, there's a blizzard right now happening. Oh, so my personal life isn't important enough, but yours. Isn't. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your laundry, but let me tell you about my snow. Uh, uh, all right, you got me there. All right, all right, let's talk about Captain Marvel. You saw it. I saw it. I liked it. I have uh, what I would consider mixed feelings about it. But overall, I really did enjoy the film. What was your take? Captain Marvel. I give it a four out of five. I don't know. Uh, it's... I, I really liked it. I loved it, actually. I thought it was great. Uh, I had a real good time with it. Uh, there are, like, little things you could point out and be like, oh, well, this isn't great, or this is... Yeah. There's no major flaw with the movie that I thought really brought it down. I thought everything was real consistent enough to... Make just a real enjoyable movie. Uh, uh, yeah. My my feeling is that it feels like it's it 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 just feels like it's too um, quick. I don't know. Like it really feels as like they're using it as in as as an introduct introductory for Carol, so you know who she is in Endgame. Um, and not like, like, I don't know, like a proper 
like fil- solo film for her. Um, but that being said, I I I suspect things have happened in this movie that we don't quite yet understand their significance. And in retrospect, this movie will feel different than I than it feels for me now. If that makes sense. Ooh, you were struggling with that sense. How, uh, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, sir? Uh, I actually I didn't have that problem because I had that problem with uh, the first Captain America movie, and I still do. I think it's uh, I think a lot happens in a short amount of time. It's weird that you you build like this legendary person out of a movie that's like two hours. I, it just didn't. That, that movie I've always liked. Okay. Uh, this one is, I think this is one of the better Marvel movies. Uh, I won't put it in, I, I, if somebody were to put it in their top five Marvel movies, I wouldn't argue with that. Like, or I, I don't know why I would anyway, but it, I, I wouldn't see a problem with it. Like, it makes sense. It's a, it's a, I, I really like the character, uh, Brie Larson, yes. I thought was really good. Uh, and there's just a lot of. A lot about the movie that just really worked. All the actors were fantastic. That guy who was the main scroll, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, yeah, I thought yeah. he was great. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Brie Larson absolutely kills it. Kills it. I can't wait to see her interact with the other heroes, and yeah, I can't that, wait to see good. what uh, what we get from her character. And yeah, you know, a lot of people have been complaining online because I was looking at some reviews after. I uh, saw the movie. I try not to look at reviews until after I see a movie, other than like a. Like, there are some that I trust to be like, it was good. And that's really all I need to know before seeing it, because I don't want to know anything going in uh, if I can help it. So after I see a movie, I'll watch some reviews. And a lot of people are really getting into this. I guess there's this drama surrounding the movie a little bit because of, I guess, some things Brie Larson has said. Oh yeah, now fuck those people. I wouldn't got time. I don't, yeah, and I saw and I saw that. I was like, I don't even know what. And some people also have complained about they they think that uh, that she's not particularly interesting or good in the movie. And I'm like, well, what what did you want? I don't understand. <laughs> I thought that she was incredibly charming and fun. Uh, I think there are some people that I won't say had a chip on their shoulder going into this movie. Uh, oh, for sure they had a chip on their shirt. There, I mean, yeah, there were some. But I think there's also a lot of people that went into this movie with an expectation to kind of dislike it. I won't say they hated it. There are some people that did. But there, I think there are some people that wanted to that felt like they had to dislike this movie because they were being uh, – uh, quoting them, I guess, the way, the way they would say things like force-fed this, this female-led protagonist in the first – you know, female-led Marvel movie where, you know, they, they, it has to be good, and so they're gonna find every little de- every little thing that they don't like about it. Uh, and let's yeah. say, I, I, I don't know for those people. Well, you know, I hear a lot of complaints whenever a move a Marvel movie comes out that Marvel movies follow a particular formula, uh, and I've never really understood what they meant by that. Like, because I've looked, you know. If by formula they mean like a good story structure, I don't really know what the problem is with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the, the, the three acts that's worked for, you know, centuries in plays and movies. Like, I, I don't see why people 
I, I feel like because of how successful they are and how consistently successful and good they are, a lot of people want to find reasons to bring the Marvel films down a notch. Every time one comes out, you know, they can't wait to find like a little inconsistency to be like, ah, well, this, this movie isn't good because uh, uh, this, this one, the way they edited the movie, this one part was edited weird. It just took me out of the whole thing. Like they they will find the weirdest little thing in this movie. I think Captain Marvel has been the biggest uh, of the Marvel movies so far to have that problem, where people will look at the smallest detail and find a reason to dislike the movie because of it. Yeah, well, like I said, I ain't got time for this. Jesus Christ, Meredith, you didn't even see the movie. Was she out here repping though? Uh, what was your take on? The scrolls seemingly not being villains. Do we think that will change later, or do we think they're maybe gonna flip the script with the skulls? Scrolls. Uh, you know, I, I liked it because I had an expectation uh, that was completely yeah. Especially because I like I said the I that lead scroll was fucking great. I found him super entertaining, yeah. uh, and it was nice to to root for him. Uh, even though I totally, I'm surprised he didn't die. I thought when he got shot for sure, because like as soon as like it turned and you saw his family, I was like, oh, this motherfucker's getting shot and killed. He is not making it off of this ship alive. He ain't gonna be in a sequel. But they got it. He he made it. He made it, guys. Spoilers. Uh, you know they can always go back on that. You know nothing, especially with these kind of movies, nothing is ever out of the question. Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting because I, too, expected. I'm like, oh, well, they're clearly the bad guys because, duh, they're scrolls. They're going to be bad guys. And then when they weren't the bad guys, I was like, huh. So that's what I meant kind of earlier when I said there are seeds that we don't yet under understand. Like what they end up doing with the Kree and the scrolls going forward, I think will change the, my perspective on this movie. Um if I had to guess, I'm oh. going to say that we probably because I this movie is going to do well enough to get a sequel. It's already done really well. Oh yeah, it's better uh, than and I I'm it's the best behind solo behind uh, what uh, behind Black Panther right now. Black Panther maybe. Uh, I think it's done better than Iron Man, Cap, and Thor. But it's uh, I would imagine a sequel would probably take place shortly after this one, so still in the past, but like her in space, so you would get more of an idea. Of so you see what she was doing this whole what time. What she was doing, probably why she was away for so long and didn't come back until you know the beeper thing. Yeah. Uh, what happened with uh, the Kree, especially Ronan, because he had a pretty small part, but I got the feeling they were hinting at him coming back because he was you know. We gotta come back for the woman. His whole thing, which was great, because I'll, I'll I'll take more of uh, Lee Pace. I like that actor, so it's, it's cool to see him again. So you think we'll see, we'll see him, a la before he loses the dance off? I, I hope so. I think because I mean, there's a large gap in, between <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy and this movie of what exactly pushes him over the edge. Because if you watch Guardians, he says something about. Oh, man, something really pushes him over the edge, and I don't remember what well, something it's, it's the signing, that. It's the Kree signing the, like, non-aggression treaty or whatever. And he's like, oh, no, hell no. So I wonder, the question is, has Carol somehow forced an end to this war and made the Kree, uh, you know what I mean, like, 
you know, forced the Kree into like into submission and and uh oh boy is just like that's what sets him over the edge like yeah something i hope i hope that they do explore that because i think there's something there that would be interesting and it's not i I love seeing dots connected like that not in so much of a way that you know it affects what we already know or yeah, yeah there's a fine line between going back and saying like oh but the whole time it was this that can be either really cool or really bad and i don't see how they could do this badly unless it was like it turns out ronan is actually drax the destroyer's father too i don't know like something weird like i don't know how that would even work but you know like that kind of shit i don't see how they would pull something like that off but there's room to do some interesting stories with characters that we've already seen uh but I, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I, I, I loved it. Um, liked it. I watched Aquaman today. I liked it better than Aquaman. Uh, not that I disliked Aquaman, by the way. It was a perfectly fine movie. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about Aquaman. We're not done talking about fucking Captain Marvel. Jesus Christ. Uh, what else is there to talk about for Captain Marvel? What do you want to get into? What, what the fuck? We haven't even talked about the Stan Lee intro or the Stan Lee cameo. What oh, do you yeah. think of both of them? I really, I really liked the Stanley intro. I was like, it was kind of like a, a punch to the heart, like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, but it, I, I thought it was, it. I was thought it was touching. But I absolutely loved that they did the Mallrats reference uh, for the Stanley cameo. Oh yeah, I loved that. And, uh, and I, I, I immediately I, looked at Liz. I was like, Kevin Smith is bawling his eyes out watching this. Uh, he actually knew about it. Uh, oh yeah, I saw the video. He talks about how he uh, how he they knew. had to, they had to use the AR from Mallrats on that because uh, Stan Lee was uh, uh, his voice wasn't very strong that day, and so they went back and found I guess the Mallrats footage of him saying that line and used that as his like they used different takes of him saying it that weren't used in the movie Mallrats as for him saying that in the film. But I, 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 I thought it was a great, uh, I thought it was a great cameo. I agree. Probably. I mean, I mean, I love Mallrats, so it, it probably will ultimately be my favorite. Uh, Stanley cameo. Yeah, but you're weird about that because you didn't like the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two one. That's my favorite. I think that one's great. No, I hated that one. Uh, but I, but as stated previously, the Ant Man Two one where he goes, the '60s sure were fun, but I'm paying for it now. Oh that, yeah, yeah. That, that one really makes me laugh. But I, the Mallrats one may end up taking it overall, just because I absolutely fucking love Mallrats and. Mary Poppins is in Mallrats, y'all. Mary Poppins is in Mallrats. That's a fun connection that I didn't even think about. Yeah, um, yeah I, it's funny that you said uh, that you felt like it was kind of a small, not a great, like, solo movie, just a way to, like, introduce her before the Avengers Endgame. Because uh, I really, I actually really appreciated how they managed to do this movie. Because I remember thinking beforehand when they announced it was taking place in the 90s, like, you mean to tell me we've had, like, 
18 of these movies and we haven't heard shit about this character, but she was here in the 90s and stuff. But the way that they did it over, it was a short period of time that she was here, and then a large chunk of stuff happened on that spaceship in space. So I was like, okay, they they got it. They 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 got away with that. Uh, I thought. Well, and I love that this is. Uh, I love that uh, you know Phil is in this, so we get to see his first rodeo. Jesus Christ! I don't know what she wants. I'm about to let her in the room. So, uh, you might as well just I, let her in the room. I don't, I don't think that'll shut her up, honestly. We ain't got a guest this episode. It could be Meredith. <laughs> Our guest this week. Join Meredith, us. Give us her thoughts on Captain Marvel. Joining us this week, Meredith the Cat. Uh, uh, I just don't understand why Marvel hasn't put out uh, a superhero movie with a cat as the lead. It just it, well, Where's the cat representation? I don't understand. Well, I mean, this movie was full of cat representation or fairness. I love fairness. that cat. Yeah, that that when, uh, when they take off and they hear the cat and he's like, "Oh, there's a stowaway," and the cat is like on its back. <laughs> that was fantastic. I was like, "Oh I, my god, I have completely forgot about that thing." That that, scene oh, that is that scene was hilarious. great. I, I was immediately like, oh, I want to rub that belly. I can't wait to pet my cat when I get home." <laughs> oh, I did laugh so hard at that scene. Um, uh, I and I I uh, I uh, in uh, I guess in the comics in comics it's rock, rock, uh, rocket raccoon that uh, reveals that the cat isn't the cat to to Captain Marvel. So I do hope we at some point get to see Rocket and the cat interact. Yeah, I was wondering about the. I liked how this movie also left some questions uh, that, like, might be answered later on. Hopefully, because, like, what happened to the cat? I suspect Nick Fury still has him. Yeah, but why haven't we seen him? <laughs> because he probably keeps him at home. Why would he keep him? We've, and we've never seen Nick at home. What? I mean, I'm sorry. I... We've never seen Fury at home. <laughs> um, that I mean, that would be my guess. I also love the fact that he got like a nice big role in this movie. Uh, yeah. Even though they and the the de aging him, not that you really have to do that much because the dude looks the same <laughs> practically. Uh, but it was fantastic. Like I, I I never for a moment was thinking, oh he doesn't really look like that. You know they they it looked really good. Yeah. Uh, and it's just nice to really see, because yeah, I think with the exception of the first Avengers movie and maybe Winter Soldier, kind of, yeah. he doesn't have a very big role in a lot of movies. He's usually there for like a couple of scenes, if that, and then it's like, oh, Nick Fury's there, and then he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree. I like that it was like a buddy cop movie with uh, Sam and Carol. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, and and like I said, I mean, I just I've always been a huge, huge fan of Phil Coulson, so I just love when you know uh, when he comes out of the blockbuster. He's like, "Hey, man, where'd you guys go? I'm the only oh, yeah. here." <laughs> and then you realize that that's a scroll in there with them. And I mean, as funny as he is, they also that that scene when. Uh, 
they're trying to get away and Coulson sees them in the stairway and lets them go. Yep. That, that was fantastic. That was a nice, and the way that they described it afterwards where he was like, he just had a gut feeling. He must've known. Then it kind of solidifies why all these years later, it's like, okay, so Nick Fury, he respects Phil Coulson for multiple reasons, but he trusts him because he trusts his gut. Yep. Like, there was a lot in that little moment uh, over the course of multiple movies and a TV show that was like, okay, that, that was a nice little little touch. <laughs> Fucking shit. What? <laughs> what? Oh, man. I can see her little nose under the door. Man, let her in. I don't want her on the bed. <laughs> She'll probably just get under the bed, though. Yeah, man, just let her in. This episode is going to sound like you hate your cat. I love my cat. Uh, it sounds like you hate your cat. It goes back and forth on me. It's so funny <laughs> how cats feel like, you know, Jesus, she's so loud. And no, uh, uh, what is she doing? Uh, five minutes later, I'm just like, look at that poofy belly. And then I'm rubbing eyes. I love her. Can't help it. You don't put up with that much shit if you didn't love him. All right, what did you think of the uh, uh, Endgame tag? Uh, I liked it. I, yeah, it was it was it was it was neat. It was a fun, uh, quick. Oh yeah, she's gonna be in that movie. Um, because I would imagine that's probably like a it's a fun quick scene from from Endgame. Because, I mean, it'd be weird if you started watching it and suddenly she was there. And it's like, ah, I just assumed that we saw that scene. Nah, yeah, that. So it was like a quick... Given they just that they're don't, showing they so don't ever, footage they don't from include, that movie. Included in the movie, you're just like, you see the scene before and then you're like, oh, well, they've already seen the scene that cut to... Oh, they did. Of them. It's just cuts to the side scene where they're walking and now we see Carol in that scene. Because you like, you know, in the, when the trailer came out, there's a couple shots where people were like, there's somebody missing from this image. Like, so now that we've seen Captain Marvel and we know that she shows up there, all those trailers are now going to show Carol in those scenes. Uh, no, they won't. They're not going to change those trailers. They're not going to have any new trailers, you know, because they're not showing anything except for, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie. And I'm glad that they're doing that because, like, I want to know as little as possible. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird that that's coming out so soon, too. Dude, next month. That's fucking crazy next month avengers endgame and you don't know how fucking terrified i am like, oh yeah I things did not go well for you the last so time bad. <laughs> last year it almost killed me <laughs> oh man all right speaking of aquaman uh we both saw it uh what did you think hold on there, I let her in. She's under the bed. Okay, what was your question about Aquaman? Aquaman, you saw it. What did you think? I I really liked it. Uh, in the same way that, well, not in the same way that I liked Captain Marvel, because they're watching that made me appreciate the Marvel movies in a lot of ways, and not in like a way where I'm I'm saying hate on the DC films, because this is, I thought this was one of the better ones. Uh, because it's really fun and silly. Uh, it, you know, it's about a guy that can, he has superpowers underwater. It can talk to fish. So why not make it over the top? And 
That was, it was it was good. It was a little long. Like really, if I had any complaint about it, I would just say it didn't need to be two and a half hours. Uh, especially the kind of movie that it is. You know, it's a fun action movie with all this crazy stuff. So you could have cut a little bit out uh, here and there. But I, I, mean, I had a blast with it. I mean, the James Wan was perfect to direct that movie. Um, just all kinds of ridiculousness. I liked everybody. Yeah, I, I really it'd be hard to complain about the movie because it's a very, it's a fairly self-aware movie. It's like they knew what they were making when they did it. Well, uh, hard to complain, huh? Uh, challenge accepted. All right, let's hear what you got to say. All right, so first off, going into this movie, I, for one, have seen Justice League, and I can appreciate uh, the parts parts of the movie. I, I can appreciate parts of the movie. I feel it's a movie that is uh, would have been much more effective had we had a bunch of singular movies that led up to it, but, you know, they didn't ask me, whatever. Uh as a as a character, I'm never I can't ever remember being a fan of Aquaman. Uh, there's a joke on Big Bang thing that uh, Aquaman sucks. He sucks underwater. Uh, I fully support that uh, that uh, stance on Aquaman. Um, and going into Justice League, I will say you know it looked like that. Whatever whatever the feeling was on the final product, uh, Jason Momoa was clearly having the time of his life as Aquaman. Oh, yeah. And so I have – outside of that, I had no interest in seeing Aquaman. Um, uh, and nothing in the trailers excited me. In fact, uh, my biggest complaint from the trailers was that they highlight a fight on rooftops. Like, he's Aquaman. He's not Batman, okay? If there's going to be a fight on rooftops in the DC universe, it better be fucking Batman and not fucking Aquaman. That doesn't bother me, though. Because, uh, hey, you had, you had your say. I don't know. Now we're having a discussion. So let me know. No, no, I'm talking about the trailer. So anyway, that's my feeling about Aquaman. Cut to last week, I wake up at like 1.30 in the morning. Not because I couldn't sleep, but because I had fallen asleep so early that 1.30 was about eight and a half, nine hours worth of sleep I had acquired. So it was the natural time for me to get up. There was You're, I didn't, you're like a toddler in so many ways. But I know. Uh, and so I just said... I was just like, fuck it, let me watch this Aquaman. So I bought it. I watched it. I loved every goddamn minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was if, like, okay. That's if, any, if anybody's going to get me to be like Aquaman, it's definitely going to be Jason Momoa. That's not what I thought you were going to say. The way that you said it earlier, I was like, okay, so he's got some issues. but uh, I, I'll still jokingly say that Aquaman fighting on rooftops is ridiculous, <laughs> but that was a that was a really great action sequence. Uh, so I, so I can't be that mad at it. 
Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the sequence. I really liked Black Manta. Uh, I, I I liked every bit of the mythology that they introduced with this with this uh, with this uh, movie, and it <coughs> this movie is a magnifying glass for everything wrong with the DC universe. Like, had they developed a Superman correctly and got us a Batman and got us the Wonder Woman and gave us this Aquaman and had this mythology, think about, you've seen the Justice League, right? Yeah. Think about the Justice League with that information instead of what they gave us, right? So now instead of what we got, Think about Dark Side. I don't even know. It was Steppenwolf? Think Steppenwolf. About, ste- think about the Steppenwolf fight at the end now, where Aquaman shows up and the Kraken homeboy shows up with him. Like, what are you gonna do, Steppenwolf? That that would have been cool, especially because so there was a line actually in this movie where uh, Mira said, like, when she first comes back to him, uh, and she's like, "You defeated Steppenwolf." And I was like, did he, though? Because it gets me about the end of Justice League. I, I don't mean for this to suddenly become me shitting on Justice League. But the end of Justice League, they're like, we have to – it starts off with, like, we need a team. We got to get together to save the world. It's like, oh, wait, no. Actually, all we really need is Superman. Let's bring Superman back. Yeah. <laughs> Him and a little bit of Cyborg. Otherwise, no one else is really needed at the end of that movie. <laughs> well, ultimately, they were needed because – you know, you need somebody cannon fodder to give Superman the time to fight Steppenwolf and Cyborg the time to uh, split the cube safely. I, I mean, know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be the one defending Justice League, goddammit, I didn't know I was gonna be put in that fucking position. No, you know, I I I think Justice League is. It, I I I remember enjoying Justice League. It has. It had so many unearned moments. I wish they had earned them. I yeah. wish they had earned them with movies like Wonder Woman and Aquaman before we got to Justice League. I don't. They don't have to copy Marvel's quote unquote formula, but at least give us the foundation. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the think, problem. They didn't I, give us the I foundation. I think they were so. Yeah, I think there's that that feeling of we can't do what Marvel did. We have to do the opposite. Like we have to be like, oh, we can't. You know, it can't be just like what they did. And so the answer to that was like, well, we'll do the team up movie first, and then we'll do. You know, and it just didn't. Uh, it didn't work. Yeah. Sorry. No. But I yeah I absolutely loved every every part. I mean. That scene of them going into the trench and those fucking piranha dudes just like swarming after them. Oh yeah, that was that absolutely was... freaking amazing. And one of my biggest complaints about the first Pacific Rim is you have all this stuff underwater and you can't see any of it because it's so dark. They completely did the opposite of it, and they even get, gave an in-game or an in-universe explanation of it. But like, there's no reason, you know, light should be uh, shining on the on the seabed floor. But guess what? I don't give a fuck because I'm about to see some underwater Lord of the Rings motherfuckers, and I'm yeah, gonna be able to see that shit. I was I was reading a little bit about it after I watched the movie, and at one point, because you know, I don't know if you remember in Justice League, they use like 
air yeah, bubble to talk air to bubble each other. technique, yeah. Yeah. And James Wallen was like, we're not doing that. Like, you're yeah. thinking too hard about it. Fuck it. They just talk underwater. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Just go for it. Because fuck it. It's a, it's a, it, the guy's name is Aquaman. Just do it. Like, if you try and make it, because I, you know, you could probably make a serious Aquaman movie, like, take it fairly seriously. Yeah. And under the right circumstances, I'm sure that that could be good. I'm not going to, I don't understand people that are always like, this type of thing would never work, blah, blah, blah. Because um, I remember people would say that about the Venom movie before it came out. They were like, I don't see how this could work, so it can't possibly work. And I haven't seen Venom, so I'm not going to try and defend it. But from what I've heard, it's a very fun movie, so I guess it did. It was very successful, too. So That movie sucks. <laughs> I'll go on the fucking record. That movie sucks. And I watched it with a group of our friends, and everybody fucking loved it. And I was the only one. I was like, this movie fucking sucks. Every time something happened that they cheered, I was like, boo, this movie is garbage. God. I I did not like Venom at all. It was just... Did not like that movie. I'll, I'll watch that. It's, I'll watch it. I'll watch it, and then we'll talk about it next yeah, time. <laughs> there, it, there's just so much I didn't like. Um, the only thing I would say about Aquaman... Mm-hmm. You know, and this is, again, small things if I had to... Since yeah, if, 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 you, if you have to nitpick something. Yeah, because I thought it was a little long, you could have cut some of the things. Like, I don't think uh, the stuff with Black Mana's uh, dad was really needed. Like, his whole, he wanted revenge against Aquaman stuff. Not that it was bad but it wasn't particularly good either and it didn't quite fit with the rest of the tone of the movie you know he could have just yeah because he was just kind of a a typical bad guy uh and i did like him i still thought he was really entertaining but you probably could have gotten rid of some of that and uh some of the under the ocean stuff with patrick rolson where i was like i don't really let's get to the action (laughs) i i honestly did not have one problem with the length of that movie um, at all. Uh, and that, uh, you know, that comes from somebody who thinks that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 has a bunch of fat that could be trimmed from it. You know what I mean? So, I'm not one that, you know, isn't for trimming a movie. I really didn't think that there, I would have, I, I, I maybe agree that the um, the stuff with the dad could have been a bit better than it was, uh, but I wouldn't have cut it from the film. I definitely think it it adds. I wouldn't cut. I wouldn't have cut anything with the brother because I, it added to that emotional weight when he sees his mom at the end. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah, but see, because the movie is as wacky as it is, mm-hmm. the reason to have things like that in a movie. To have that the, the emotional impact is usually usually it has to be a little bit more serious. Uh, well, I think I feel like in this this type of movie, you know, it's not you're not going to have that feeling of like, oh, he sees his mom and it's like they're brothers and it, you know, it's it's not like with you know, and I, I hate to make the comparison because I hate it when people are like, you know, DC movies need to be more like Marvel because that's not fair. 
But if we're going to take Marvel movies as an example, uh, I think the relationship between Thor and Loki is really interesting. Even the first two Thor movies that aren't particularly that good, they have that going for them. The characters, their, their relationship is really interesting. I never felt anything interesting about the fa- I kind of forgot until the mom showed up at the end. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, they are brothers. That's right. <laughs> well, they didn't have the same history. I mean, that's a bad comparison for me. Well, no, I'm saying Because but at I'm least Thor and Loki grew up together. What I mean by that is that the tone of those movies was a little bit more serious so it made more sense to have that, to try to have that emotional impact, and it worked a little bit because of how over the top this movie is. You didn't really need that. Um, not, and again, they didn't. I don't think it was bad, but if they had cut a little bit of that out and made it a bit, I think it would have paced the movie a little bit better. Because uh, that's one thing I've noticed about some of these movies. Because wasn't Wonder Woman like two and a half hours also? I, you know what? I feel like it wasn't. Like I feel like the Wonder Woman felt like it was too short to me at times. I could I be wrong though. Not, but not that I, I didn't have that problem with Wonder Woman. I thought it was like I loved it. Uh, and Justice no, League was yeah, I loved it short. Too. But uh, like Man of Steel, yeah, uh, Batman v Superman, those were like those were a little too long. Like they, they movies don't have to be. It's kind of like with video games. Like, you know, you see people complain online, like, oh, I got this game and I only got to play it for 10 hours. I don't see a problem with that. If it's a 10-hour type game, you don't have to get 40, 50 hours out of a video game every time, and you don't have to have a movie be two and a half hours just because a superhero is in it. Well, you know? I, yeah, I get you. This felt very Shakespearean to me, so I didn't. I didn't feel like it was too long it felt like they were they were going for a shakespearean experience but with a very over-the-top presentation of visuals and stuff like that shakespeare on a scale shakespeare couldn't imagine type shit can you Uh, imagine showing this movie to shakespeare fucking his mind would explode no he'd probably be like damn that was really cool i can't remember there was somebody he'd probably be like why are there women in this movie there, there was some comedian, I can't remember who it was, uh, this joke always stood out to me where they were like, uh, they talked about how much they loved movies. They were like, even bad movies, I just enjoy seeing movies. I don't get why people complain about it. Like, if you took Transformers and showed it to people in the 1950s, they would have fucking heart attacks. They'd be like, it's the greatest movie ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, stupid. Um... Uh, speaking of other movies, I also watched uh, the uh, both Middle Earth Extended Edition trilogies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had bought the Hobbit Extended Editions were on sale a while ago, and I bought them because I, I didn't own the digital copies of, of the Hobbit movies. Um and so I bought them and hadn't watched them, and um, I I saw so I, I just decided on a humbug one day when I hadn't had, didn't have anything else to watch that I'd I'd start to watch uh, the trilogy. And so over I would say it took me longer to watch all six movies than it did for me to watch the seven seasons of Game of Thrones. Um. 
But I watched all six extended editions. I'd obviously seen the Lord of the Rings extended editions a couple times. Uh, I really enjoy them. I think the CGI does not hold up anymore. And I think, weirdly, it got worse from Lord of the Rings to The Hobbit. Uh, yeah, it's funny you say that because I thought that when I originally saw because I didn't see the last Hobbit movie, but when I saw the first two in theaters, I was like, this doesn't look yeah. as good. Yeah, it did, it, at the time I remember thinking, I was like, these don't look as good as the last ones. And even now, those la- the last ones just don't hold up as well. The CGI is just not, it d- didn't look, it's not as crisp as it used to be. Uh, that being said, uh, I really enjoy Martin Freeman's Hobbit, uh, or Bilbo, I mean, uh, I enjoy, I know there's a lot of uh, people complain about the Hobbit, you know, it's three movies out of one book, I get that, they probably could have done it in two, uh, to be honest, uh, and, uh, but I've never not enjoyed the Hobbit movies. Weirdly, though, I've never enjoyed Return of the King in any of my viewings. By the time I get to the Return of the King, I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're at Mordor and they still have to walk? Like, there's more fucking walking? And so usually by Return of the King, I'm just over the whole experience. I never liked the bit with the King, uh, the king under the mountain uh i never enjoyed that part of the movie um but for whatever reason this time really enjoyed return of the king really enjoyed all the parts that i hadn't enjoyed previously and i don't know if it's just because you know i watched all six and i went on this epic middle earth journey that it somehow resonated differently for me but I really I, I enjoyed it. And I, you know, it's funny. This is all because of D&D. This is all because of your D&D. Because I was so amped up on middle, on fantasy adventures, and I wasn't getting enough uh, fulfillment of it that I was like, well, shit, I'm watching my Game of Thrones. Guess I'll watch these Middle Earth trilogies. So it's really your fault, Billy, is what I'm saying. No, no, I, I understand. You also sold your PlayStation 4 today. I wanted to mention that. Oh, man. We're going to talk about that. It hasn't even been a year on the podcast. It hasn't. You said and... on the podcast when you got it. <laughs> oh, man. It was... Yeah, just... I'm not playing it. I don't have any interest in playing it. Even those those games I was so excited about. I don't care. Fine, I just don't care. It's just uh, been I, a I, big I, I, waste of time, money, and energy. And I, so, energy. <laughs> and so a, a guy at work was talking about he needed to get a new PlayStation. So today I was just like, hey, man, you want my PlayStation? He's like, hell yeah. Which one was it again? And so we chopped it up, and yep, I sold it to him. Ridiculous. Yeah, man, it was. It was a waste of money. I wish you would have talked me out of it. This is all your fault. Uh, probably. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that you couldn't see how great it is, because I played my PlayStation all the time. I've been playing it like mad. Because I guess we haven't, because we did the the D&D show, and then before that, I don't think we had another show, because time has been busy, but, uh, have I talked about it? You've been busy, and I was so burnt out, 
from the editing of that D&D episode. I needed about a three-week break. That was a beast of an episode. And you got it out fast. Oh, I was, it, you, it was, was it the next day? Next day, but it was, it took I me all trip. day to edit. It took me all day to edit. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about uh, how much I love Resident Evil 2 on this podcast yet. No, you have not. We need to talk about games because I have a couple games to talk about. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, game of the year for me, probably. You know, I know we're it's like March. nine months away. No, I know. It's that fucking good. I'm telling you. We'll be doing our end of the year episode. Like, what's your favorite video game? Um, Resident Evil 2. That shit is so fucking good. I've been playing it like I've beaten it like four times. It's wow. so. When you say beaten it four times, what does that mean? The okay, same, like so, the same playthrough, different like. So the way that did you, play the, did you play the original? I haven't played any of these. I tried one of them. It was the most boring fucking gameplay. I like fuck this dumbass series. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of some of the ones I've tried. I liked four, but I never, I, I never really liked the other ones, like the early PlayStation ones. This one is the way that the gameplay works is an over-the-shoulder kind of shooter. Yep. Uh, minus the, you know, you don't have a ton of ammo, so you kind of have to be careful. It's, it's also just a really scary game. But the way that it works is you have your choice of playing two characters, either Leon or Claire. And when you beat the game using one of those characters, you unlock what's called their second run, where you play as the other character. So if you played the first one as Leon, then you play as Claire and see things from her side. Got you. Uh, during the story. And then slightly you, different perspectives on, on yes. things. Yes. Some, some of it is the same uh, type of, you know, some of the puzzles are a little different. Uh, the boss fights are a little, are pretty much the same, except for, like, they have individual things that only happen when you play as them. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, interactions with certain characters, or, like, their final boss is different. It's just, it's a gorgeous game. It's really well made. Uh, it's, it, I, I, I'm not, and I'm not the kind of guy that's like, I've played every Resident Evil game. I really have not been that guy. I didn't even play the last one, although I want to now. Because uh, this is, I can't recommend it highly enough. Even if you're not into Resident Evil, like, play this fucking game. The demo. There's a demo uh, where you can only play it for 30 minutes. You can play it one time for 30 minutes, and that's it. Once the 30 minutes is up, you can't play it anymore. Uh, which I thought was pretty interesting, and I played it, and knew it was good. So download the demo, play it, and I want to see what you think about it, because it's worth it. Is it on the PlayStation? Because I don't have that anymore. It is on both the PlayStation and the Xbox One. Oh, well, that's a shame. For people like you. I guess I'll have to play it. <laughs> I'm sure I won't like it because I don't like those games. Although... The- you don't like anything that I tell you to try. I'm like, oh, what, if we, what if we did this? I don't want to do that. That's not true. You told me to try D&D and I've loved it. Uh, I do think that... The, the alternate playthrough, the unlock of an alternate playthrough, I think that is a good way to extend the play, the, the, you know, the, the, the playability of a game or the replayability of a game. I like that idea. It's super neat. And, like, even the parts that are the same-ish for each character, 
when they interact with somebody or something, not that there's a ton of people to interact with because most of them are dead, uh, it's a little different because one of them is this guy who's a police officer and the other one is like this young woman. So, yeah, they, they're not treated the same way in the same circumstances, you know? Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's uh, And it's, it's also really well acted, which is not something you can say about most Resident Evil games. Like, it's... Uh, or the, movies, boom, roasted. Uh, especially the movies. Those movies are fucking awful. But this game is... It's a very cinematic game, too. Got you, got you. So that's another reason why I really like it. Did, now, the question is, did X gonna give it to you? Uh, X did give it to me. He went... So he was, like, super scary at first, because I knew, because of watching some gameplay stuff, when he was coming. So I was like, fuck, okay... I guess I gotta do this, and ah, uh, goddamn, he was like, he was, he freaked me out because first of all, it's a fairly quiet game. There's some music, uh, some like under, like when you go into certain things, but for the most part, it's very quiet. But when he shows up, he has like a very intense like theme, uh, which just makes it even worse. And you hear his like feet stomping on the ground when he's close or when he's near, just when he's around. Uh, and there's no load screens for the game, uh, except for when you first start. It loads, and then when you're playing, nothing is a load screen. So when you're in the police station, he is he's there. There's no way to get away from him. There's not like you can just go into the next level and let it load. He's constantly looking for you. And if you shoot your gun, he will hear you and come and find you. Uh, so it goes from like, oh, he's really scary to like 20 minutes later, you're like, man, fuck this guy. I'm trying to do this puzzle and he keeps coming in here and punching me and I got to run off and wait for him to leave. So oh, I can yeah, that would probably, uh, probably fucking drive me insane. It was, uh, it was annoying at first, but I got to, once you learn how to deal with him, yeah. It's just kind of like, okay, well, I'm just going to run in a server real quick and come back and do this thing. It's, just, it's just like a minor inconvenience at worst. Um, and, can, and you cannot kill him, correct? No. He gotcha. is uh, – you can shoot him a bunch of times, uh, and he'll go down for a few seconds, but then get back up. Gotcha. So it's better to just avoid him. It's kind of a waste – because ammo is so scarce, it's like a waste of ammo to do that. Yeah. Uh, and he's actually there are two final boss fights, uh, and the, each one is different for Claire and Leon. Leon's final boss is him, so that's the only time you finally get to kill him. And Claire has her own this uh, uh, G virus Dr. Birkin guy. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Any, yeah. uh, are you playing anything else or just that? And what are I you playing it on Xbox or PlayStation? I'm playing it on PlayStation. I still need to finish uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 because I got it, and I played it for like 15 hours, and I've gotten close to the end. I've had a good time. I'm really enjoying it, as ridiculous as it is, because you know that storyline doesn't make any sense. Uh, but as soon as I got Resident Evil 2, it was like... That was it. I, yeah, nothing else. Just Resident Evil 2. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I picked up two games. I got a... a, a in preparation for a game coming out at the end of this month that I'm excited to play. Uh, but I picked up, uh, one was this game called black desert online. It's an MMO. Uh, I picked it. There's like, 
There's like a hundred dollar version. I bought the ten dollar version because I figured for ten bucks I could give it a go. It maybe has one of the most impressive character creation screens I've ever seen. Like just the detail on the eyes alone, it allows you essentially to go to do uh, change three things on each eye for so you could potentially have six different choices for your eyes between your two eyes and just and that's like that's how intricate it gets like on your character development that being said i've yet to see where that even remotely matters in gameplay i mean yeah you can spin the camera around so that you can see your character but for the most part you're just looking at the back of them you don't get any so far, there haven't been any cutscenes where my character is featured in that would make how they look impressive. Um, and it's, you know, it's your standard MMO. I have no idea what's happening. None of the cutscenes are, uh, are there. I mean, no cutscenes. Anytime you do like a, 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 a mission for a character, you talk to them and, they, and it starts off with voice dialogue before they like trail off and you're just left to read whatever the uh the quest box is and shows you your rewards um you know but for ten dollars and i don't have anything else to play i can see myself hopping on there killing a few imps and orcs the world is beautiful i'm actually interested to see what the rest of the world looks like so i'll probably play through it just to do that um uh but the other game i got is called Stellaris Console Edition, and it it has taken over my life, much like your Resident Evil 2 uh, has. This game is a space uh, sim game where basically it's you, you're a species, and you can create a wide amount of species, um, and it's, you're a space-faring species, and it's about your journey into space and what you discover and what you come across and i have started and stopped this game so many times because i've learned something new and and or something happened and i was like well i didn't want that to happen so i would start over i finally learned at one point that i could create races and then force the game to choose my races as the races of of the of the NPC uh, characters in the game, so I spent a morning inputting, you know, the Federation, the Klingons, the Vulcans. Uh, I gave I gave some love. I gave some love to Mass Effect with the Rachni and the Turians. Uh, uh, because of Lord of the Rings, I have Saruman's army as one of the one of the space races. Um, there is a race that looks like turtles, so I'll obviously I have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Clan as a race. Um, what else? I put the Mandalorians and the Sith Empire uh, in there. And so now when I play as House Poet, which is a half-elf race, uh, uh, I can run into any number of of my fantasy uh, space-faring races in the game and it's i mean it's absolutely it's insane like some of the stuff they do like 
I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, wow, that was really loud. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Yeah, it's because she's fucking, she's loud. <laughs> no, but I'm also getting like, I can hear myself. Oh, you can hear yourself? That's weird. Yeah. yeah. And I can hear Meredith. <laughs> um, but like, so like, all right, so I created a race that I called the Half Elves. Basically, you know, take your elf Vulcan analog. That's what my species looks like, right? Okay. So, so I'm playing as the ha- a house poet, uh, half elf race, and things are going good when I discover some weird thing about a worm, and this worm is consuming itself. The worm is the beginning. The worm is the end. We are all about this worm. And I, for whatever reason, I just keep investigating this worm stuff. I had multiple instances in which I could have stopped all investigation into this worm. But I didn't. It, it cost me two science ships, three scientists who were dead. They never came back. I felt terrible. Um, and halfway through this uh, thing, uh, one of my other scientists discovered a a we discovered an alien that very was very similar to our species, but it could not be determined if we were if we were what he looks like or if we were going to become what he looks like and basically my scientists through investigation uh came to the belief that uh when we were a primitive species a much more powerful alien race came in and manipulated us and turned us into the race that we look like today, these half-elf, my half-elf race. And so he created a retrovirus and injected himself, and then deciding that that was what was best for our species, he, he infected my entire population on my home planet of New Poet. Now, at this moment in time, I had left the bounds of my terrestrial planet and had seized other planets in the galaxy for my uh, for my uh, habitation. So I had half-elves on other planets who were not infected by this retrovirus and maintained how they looked. But I had the opportunity to quarantine my planet making just the people on the home planet look like the weird alien race, or I can make it so my entire species look like that race. So I made my whole species look like this whole new race. And I didn't realize when all of this was going, what that meant until like one of my, one of my scientists died and I had to hire a new scientist to research stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? All my people look different. Like, I was just like, it was like I did not realize what I was agreeing to. And I was just like, yeah, sure, why not? Because it's not like it didn't show me a picture of this guy. It just was like all words. 
you know, like a like a quest box with like uh, I can't remember. I think the picture was like of a lab or something. Um, so, uh, so then, eventually, I fully investigate this worm, and we track the source of this, of this, of this, uh, of the of where it's coming from, and I have the opportunity to open a portal, allowing the worm to come into our universe. And who knows what the fuck will happen. Or I can, no, go, no, this is clearly crazy. We should not fucking let this worm into our universe. So what do I choose? I, of course, say let this motherfucker in. He comes in. I, at this point, had a normal yellow star like our sun. He attacked, he, he went at the sun he enveloped my son in some weird thing. Now my son looks like uh, it's in permanent eclipse. It's like black, but like the edges of it are bright white. It has a ring, of, of, of like a foggish ring around it. I had only one habitable planet in the entire solar system. I now have ten planets and moons. And all of them are called Tomb Worlds, which is basically like all of my planets, including my own planet, are in nuclear winter. It completely changed the species inside my uh, planet. They are inside my solar system. They only want to live on fucked off planets now. And so now I have a split species, a normal fucking mutated species, or this fucking... Uh, new species that only wants to live on death planets. This shit is crazy, son! I can't Hearing you explain all of that made me log into your OkCupid okay account again, because I feel oh, like you gotta man. get out there. Because, oh, uh, man. Why man. are you doing this to me? Billy, can you... Why don't you just... Why don't you just give me a fake love life in D&D instead of this... Fake love life you've given me on OKCupid. Man, that is that is sad. You really do want that Ready Player One world. Well, I mean, I would much prefer a virtual world to the, the world we have right now. The online world, I mean. You're telling me that you wouldn't like to hit me up after you got off work and be like, hey, man. Come check out this Resident Evil with me. What, like in VR? Like yeah, where we're where we? No, I would not want to do that in VR. It's terrifying. Not in VR. <laughs> so you're saying we live in the Ready Player One universe? You've just gotten done with your day at work. I'm at home in my blizzard, which you don't care about because I don't care about your daily shit. And we're like, hey man, let's uh, let's hop in, let's let's go to the Oasis, man. And we're in the Oasis. I look how I look, obviously thin and handsome. You look, I don't know, tall. <laughs> I'm fine with how I look now. I would look like me. I got jokes. Um, and you're and, and you're telling me you wouldn't be like, hey poet, man, come come check out this Resident Evil two, man. Let's go play that. You, you wouldn't want to I don't it. think so because I feel like it'd be too because like I don't like haunted houses. Uh huh. Like I like scary stuff. I like scary movies. I'll play scary games. I don't like 
doing something like that's like in my face for that's fuck no. No, you wouldn't do that. So you wouldn't play uh, the Friday the first thirteenth game in VR. No, no. What games would you play in VR? Super Mario Brothers. Uh, a Star Wars game where I get to be a Jedi. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't play that game? Hold on, is it directed by Ryan Johnson? Yes. Oh. It is the only VR Star Wars game available. Well, there's always VR porn. <laughs> All right, man. I feel like we got to wrap this up. I got to get some food in me because I don't All, right. All right, man. I'm Poet. I'm Billy. Good night. This is the outro, this is the outro, this is the outro for the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza!